Awesome. Who's excited? It's Christmas Day. It finally came. Woo! Best day of the year. Come on. And all the kids said, Amen, because they get presents. So uh, I want to, you can take your seat. Sorry. <laughs> I know half, you're half in between. Where's all the um, parents out there? Like, who got up at like 6 a.m. this morning? Who had to get up earlier than six? Like, whose kids woke them up earlier than six? Oh, earlier than five? Oh my goodness. Okay, I really, we'll just pray for you later. I'm, I'm really sorry. That must have been really rough for you. But also, where's all the kids in the house? I'd love to know, what did you get for Christmas? I'm going to have my um, volunteer, Big Shan, is going to come. He's going to ask you what you got for Christmas this year. Who wants to share what they got for Christmas? Oh, I turned it off, sorry. <laughs> Who wants to share? Put your hand up if you want to share over there. What did you get for Christmas? I got a new Nintendo game. A new Nintendo game? Oh, that's pretty cool. Oh, over here. Golden State Warriors sweater. Ooh, I bet you liked that. Anyone else? Oh, over here. Run, Shannon, run. Shannon's like my Rudolph today, you know? Run, run, Rudolph. Run, run, Shannon. I, I got... Uh, dresses I'm wearing today. Oh, it's a very pretty dress too. Anyone else? Any other kids want to share what they got? Over here? Oh, yes, back over here. Run, Shannon, run! See, I just wanted him to get his cardio in this morning. I was just helping him out, you know, got to give him room for uh, the big dinner. Lightsaber! Oh, a lightsaber? Wow. What about James down here? A supercharged creeper night light. I have no idea what that is, but it sounds sick. All right. Awesome. Any last ones? All right. I think we're good. Awesome. Thank you very much, Shannon. Let's give it up for Shannon. That sounds so fun. But we're gonna, and we're going to talk this morning about the greatest gift of all ever. Um, and we're going to look at Isaiah 9, verse 6 to 7. Like that song we just sang, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, in order to order it and establish it with judgment and justice. From that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Christmas is just incredible when you really think about it. And I just want to share with you um, this morning just three things that just really, really amaze me about the Christmas story and all this came to be. And that scripture we just read, that's actually a prophecy that was written like 700 years before Jesus was even born. And the Bible is incredible like that. I have so many people um, over the years, a lot of my atheist friends and stuff come to me and they say, how can you believe in this, you know, man in the sky and all this kind of stuff? But the thing is, if you actually read the Bible and you look at a historical text, um, which it is, and it's been proven to be, 
one of the most accurate, one of the most recorded uh, of all time. There's so many stats on the Bible that's greater than any other historical manuscript. And there's all these prophecies in it that talk about Jesus coming. There's actually over 300 prophecies in the Bible written at a minimum of 400 years before Jesus was born that talk about where He was gonna be born, what He was gonna do, what He came to do, that He'd be born of a virgin, that He'd be born in Bethlehem, You know, even that He was gonna be betrayed by His friend, that He was gonna die on the cross. There's over 300 of them that talk about it. And you know what's crazy about it is that Jesus fulfilled every single one of those predictions, every single one of those prophecies. You know what the odds are of that? I actually looked this up and they, this group of people actually did a study on this, on what the statistics would be, you know, um, what the chances were of someone being able to fulfil all those prophecies. They only looked at a maximum of 48, the ability to fulfil 48 of those 300 plus prophecies. You know, the chances of that is 1 in 10 to the 157th power. That's a lot of zeros. That's a lot of zeros. And that's for 48, for one person to be able to fulfill 48 of those prophecies. It's one in 10 to the 157th power. But Jesus fulfilled all 300 plus of them. And you know what's crazy about those statistics is that when they were actually reviewed, they were said to be conservative statistics. And so we know that it is not possible for anyone to have fulfilled that, but Jesus did. Why? Because He's not just any man, but He is God. He is the King of heaven who came to earth for us. In Isaiah 7 verse 14, it says, Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. You know, Isaiah talks about Jesus 700 years before He was born. How did He know about this? How did He know that He was gonna be born of a virgin? How did He know where He was gonna be born? How did He know all of this unless it was from God? Because the Bible tells us in 1 Peter verse, um, chapter 1, verse 20, that actually that the plan of God for Jesus to be born and to die for us was actually preordained before the beginning of the world that He actually preordained, He pre-planned it before the foundation of the world. And I just can't get over the fact that He pre-planned it. Because the fact was, He could pre-plan it, but He didn't have to tell us about it. He didn't have to tell us about that plan. He could have left His options open, you know, to change the plan. Because I don't know about you, if I was Jesus, I'm glad you're not, that I'm not. But at this time, you got to look at this. You know, even now, we see our world now, but this has always been the way it is. There's murder, there's idolatry, there's child sacrifice. There's lots of things I won't say because of the audience of children we have here today that was going on, the evil and corruption that was going on in the world. And God already knew that was gonna happen. And yet He chose to send Jesus to die. How crazy is that? And He told us about it. You know, if I was God, I'd be more like the Grinch, like the Jim Carrey version, not the silly new cartoon, no offence to anyone who likes that, but the Jim Carrey version, you know, I would be like that. If I, if I was Jesus and I saw that happening, I'd be like the Grinch when he's like, that's it, I'm not going. You know? <laughs> I'm like, no, nope, no God, I'm not doing this. I'd be like the Grinch when he stands on Mount Crumpet with the phone book and he's like, hate, 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 double hate, loathe entirely. You know, this is what I would be feeling. I, I, anyone else really relate to the Grinch? Like, yeah, yeah. This is what I would be like, you know? Are we glad I'm not Jesus? Because then we'd all be doomed. 
But, um, <laughs> but that's the remarkable thing about God is that He saw everything. He saw all that we did and all that we were going to do and He still chose to come. He, he did not change His mind. His love for us was unwavering despite our sin. Jeremiah 31 verse 3 says, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. And in the NLT version, it says, With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. That is the God that we serve. How amazing is that? The second thing that amazes me about Christmas is that Jesus came as a baby. Jesus came as a baby. He didn't come as a fully grown man. He didn't just, you know, beam himself down and just get it over and done with. He came as a baby. And that in itself amazes me because I think they were doing child sacrifice at the time. It's a very dangerous thing to bring the Saviour of the world to earth as a child. And we even know in the Christmas story that King Herod tried to kill kill Jesus by killing all the babies of um, his age at that time. I love one of the comments that Zane made um, Where's Zane out there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, when we were doing our Christmas interviews, this didn't make it to the final cup. But we asked the kids, you know, what Christmas present would you bring Jesus if you were one of the wise men? And Zane said, I would bring him the devil so that Jesus can kill him. <laughs> and I was like, I love that logic. I love it. Smart idea, right? Just get it over and done with from the start. You know, just get it sorted. And, um, but that's the thing. Why did Jesus do that? Why did he live those 30-ish years, you know, just as a normal average Joe, just working with his dad, just walking amongst us? And then he spent about three years in ministry and then he died. To me, that sounds like prolonged torture. You know, as if the cross was not enough, but then having to put up with us for like 33 years. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot. But Jesus chose to come as a child and to live amongst us. And I think that's crazy because I don't know about you, but we really struggle sometimes with each other and we're imperfect people. And the only reason sometimes we put up with each other is because we realise we have flaws in ourselves, so we're obliged to excuse the flaws in others. But Jesus was perfect, so he didn't have that obligation. You know, he, didn't, he was not obliged to put up with our flaws and to deal with our annoyances. He ch- but he chose to do it. And that's the crazy part is that Matthew 1 verse 23 tells us that Jesus was to be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. It was always His plan not just to come and to die and be distant from us, but it was His plan to come and to be with us, to be God with us. He came not just to save us, but to be with us, to live the life we live yet without sin, to show us a whole new way of living and to bring the Kingdom of Heaven to earth. In Hebrews 4 verse 15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathise with our weaknesses, but he, we have one who has been tempted in every way, but as, just as we are, yet he did not sin. There is nothing about being human that Jesus does not understand because he did it all. He lived through it all and he conquered it all for us. He won the victory so that we could live in freedom that we could overcome evil with good by the power of His blood. That by the power of His sacrifice, we are reconciled in relationship to God the Father. Tearing the temple curtain in two, we no longer longer need to go to a priest, but Jesus became our high priest. 
you know, that, the, that His Spirit no longer needed to dwell in the temple, but He could actually come and make His home in us. And I think, wow, that's so incredible. God with us. And the last thing is the shepherds and the wise men. So these two group of people that came to visit the newborn Saviour um, is an incredible representation of what Jesus came to do. That He came to reconcile all people to God, which we see in Luke 2 verse 10 to 14. It's, this is when the angel appears to the shepherds. It says, And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Saviour who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. You know, the shepherd raised sheep for many reasons, but one of the major reasons was for sacrifice, right? Because... Back in the day, prior to Jesus' death, a perfect lamb had to be slain for the sins of the people. It started with the Passover festival back in Exodus and they had to wipe the blood of the lamb on their door so that the angel of death would pass over them. And they continued this festival because really, though it wasn't about the lamb, the lamb was a representation of what was to come, that one day that Jesus would pour out His blood for us so that when we receive His gift, His blood would be seen on our life so that the death, the consequences of sin, which is death, as Romans 6.23 tells us, that was meant for us would pass over us because of His sacrifice. And this is what the shepherds were doing. They were raising sheep. Part of it was for these sacrifices. But what's really cool and what many people believe that the reason that the shepherds were visited by the angel was because it was that symbol of what was to come is that actually you are no longer gonna have to make sacrifice anymore because the perfect lamb has come. The perfect lamb, the Messiah has come. Jesus came to bring the Jews from the old covenant of sacrifice, the law, a system based on works that we could never live up to into the new covenant based on what Jesus has done. And then the second group, the Magi, the wise men, were men from the East. Some people believe they were Jews um, in exile that were taken into captivity, um, but others believe that they were Gentiles looking to signs in the sky. And I love that God, as He prophesied in Numbers 24, um, sent a star to show them where the Saviour was. They were looking for signs in the sky and God spoke to them in a way that they understood. They were looking and there they found the star. Oh, that's very convenient. The star <laughs> in the sky. And He led them by a star from their land far away into close proximity and relationship with the King of Heaven. Those who were once estranged, were now brought in close. And this was the representation of what was to come for all people, both the Jew and the Gentile. As in Galatians 3 verse 28 to 29, it says, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we 
And I think that's crazy because probably most of us here, if any of us here, are not Jews and not from Jewish heritage. But I love this about Jesus is He came to reconcile all. It wasn't just for one set of people, but it was for all people, both the Jew, both the Gentile, for all people to come into relationship with Him, that we would all be one in Christ Jesus, that we would all come into the promise and be heirs of His promise. And the gift that had come, Jesus Christ, the King of heaven, for all people. We were once estranged, we were once far off, but Jesus came as a child to be a gift to us all, to bring us back into the family of God. And that in Him we would be forgiven, that we would be set free, that we would be heirs, that we would be adopted into His family, we would have a hope and a future and a restored relationship with the Father. So let's remember this morning as we go into Christmas Day, you know, it's a really exciting time. You've got family dues, I'm sure, on today and lots of food to eat. I know, food is great. But let's remember what today is all about. It's about Jesus and what He's done for us and the amazing gift that He came to give us, the gift of Himself, the gift of His life. He loved us before the foundation of the world enough to come as a child to walk amongst us, to live amongst us, to experience what we experienced, to stand in the gap for us and to reconcile us with relation, um, in relationship to the Father. That one day that we could have a relationship with Him now and one day that we could live forever in heaven with Him, that we would not have to face the consequences of our sin, that we would not have to face that punishment that was meant for us, that we should have, but He took it upon Himself and He showed us a new way to live. And He brought us back into relationship with God, something we could never do, that we could be free. It's so amazing. It's the greatest gift that we could ever have. So this morning, I just want everyone in this place just to close your eyes, just to bow your heads. It's just um, for privacy, just for people, just a moment of reflection. This morning, I wanna ask you a really important question. It's like I said, Christmas Day is a really fun day. There's lots of great stuff going on. But the most important thing of today is about our Saviour. And maybe today you don't have Jesus as your Saviour. You don't know Him as that. You've heard the stories. You know a little bit about it. Maybe you even come to church every Christmas day and maybe even every Easter, but do you actually know Him? He didn't come just so you could know about Him, but you could actually know Him and have relationship with Him. And this morning I wanna ask you, do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? Do you know Him this morning? So with every eye closed in this place, I'd just like to ask if that's you and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, whether you've never asked Him into your life or whether you've had a relationship before and you've kind of walked away from it or tr- taken it lightly instead of taking it seriously. If that's you this morning and you wanna enter into a relationship with Jesus, I just encourage you to lift your hand in this place and I'd love to pray with you. If you'd like to have a relationship with Jesus this morning, I just really encourage you just to lift your hand in this place and I'd love to pray with you. Awesome. Well, this morning we're gonna pray a prayer of salvation. It's not a magic prayer or anything like that. But it is, is the Bible tells us if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, then you will be saved. And that's what Jesus came to do is to save us from our sins. So this morning, I just want everyone to pray this prayer. If you wanted to pray this prayer and you didn't raise your hands, that's okay. God is everywhere. He hears you. So if you pray this 
for the bottom of your heart, you pray it and you mean it, then Jesus comes into your life. So let's just repeat after me, but everyone together. Dear Jesus, I thank You that You love me. I thank You that You love me so much that You gave Your life for me. I believe that You died on the cross for all the wrong things that I've done, my sin, and I believe that You rose again to give me eternal life. I ask You today to come into my life to be my Lord, which means I'll follow You, and to be my Saviour, which means I'm set free. I thank You, Jesus, that today I am saved. Amen. Awesome. So if you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe the hundredth time, but you're like, hey, I made that decision this morning, please come and talk to someone, talk to your friend, talk to one of the pastors or leaders here. We'd love to um, encourage you in your faith journey, get you a Bible, talk to you more about your relationship with Jesus. Or even if you don't have a relationship with Him, but you want to know more, come and ask questions, come have a conversation. We'd love to um, have that conversation with you. But I just want to pray over you, church, before we go out into our day today, because it is a very special day. And so let's just dedicate it to the Lord this morning. So thank you, Jesus. God, we just thank you, Lord, for who you are, for all that you've done. We thank you that you are the greatest gift that we could ever possibly ask for, hope for, think, imagine. God, that You are so amazing and we thank You for Your incredible love that was poured out for us. We thank You that You loved us so much, that You have given us everything, that You came for us to be with us. And we just pray this morning, Lord, over every member of this congregation, Lord, that they would just draw closer to You today. Lord, that they would see You in this day today. Lord, that You would speak to them. Lord, that You would touch their hearts. And God, that You would just draw us closer to You. In Jesus' Name, we thank You, Lord. Amen. Thank you.